0: Lord, thank we you, ask that, that you uh, give me and Robbie the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for tonight, uh, that are for the people that are here and those listening online, that uh, they learn how how to obtain healing in their lives, and uh, we just thank, thank you, you for Father. for that that you sent your son to the cross so that we uh, and. We had him you, bear those stripes so that we wouldn't have to. And we thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus, Thank name. you,
1: Father. Glory Amen. to God. Well, we've been going through healings one by one in the Gospels. Of course, we started in the book of Matthew. Um, and we've been going through them one by one and comparing them to the other Gospels. And we've made it halfway through chapter 9 of Matthew. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And uh, we'll pick up right here in verse 18. Uh, We're not going to back up and review anything because then, you know, we don't make progress. (laughs) So, or at least not much progress. And we're going to look at um, two healings at one time because the two stories are are the two accounts. I I hate using the word story because when you think of a story, you think of a fable. You think of something made up or, you know, something you know, some well, just that you think of a story, but no, these are actual accounts of healings that took place in the time of Jesus, um, and these were the healings that Jesus did um, in His ministry. Remember, no, Jesus did no miracle, no divine healing, anything um, until after He was water baptized, and, and that the Holy Spirit came and descended upon Him like a dove. So you have to have the Holy Ghost operating in you and through you in order to have healings take place through your ministry. Um, and, 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 and you don't have to be a five-fold minister. You don't have to be a pulpit minister to, ha- to be able to uh, pray for people and have them divinely healed. Um, I don't think we're getting, we're not, I don't plan to get to that part tonight. That'll probably be next week. Is we'll see where Jesus sent out his disciples, uh, to provide healing. But tonight we're gonna start right here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, and there's gonna, we're gonna have to pull out some parts, some bits and pieces, um, from two different stories, and then we'll, we'll look at them from the other gospels as well, uh, because these two accounts are tied together. So let's pick up reading in verse 18, and, uh, we'll go from there.
0: All right. So verse 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live.
1: Now I want you to notice that he said that here it tells us we don't get a whole lot of information from Matthew. Matthew, the the gospel of Matthew is very much so he, Matthew covers a lot of ground, Matthew covers a lot of um, different things that happened. Uh, the Gospel of Matthew is one of the bigger Gospels um, because he, he pretty much so uh, documented most of the events, but he documented them very briefly. He just gave us uh, the, the, the bullet points, so to speak. And so here we know that this is a certain ruler. We don't know if he's a Jewish ruler or a Roman ruler. We don't know anything about that. Um, but we do know that it says that the ruler came and worshipped him, and so we know from our prior studies that when when they would come and fall when they would come and worship what that meant is they would fall on their face, they would get down and prostrate, and they would give praise to to Jesus um, and be very humble and that 's what this ruler did is he humbled himself and and got on his face before Jesus. And then he said this. He said, my daughter is even now dead. Uh, that, that's a pretty bad situation right there. The daughter is dead. Um, you know, how much do you know um, you can have somebody that's deathly ill. And they're, they've are they still got breath in their body. But people count them off as dead. Uh but here he says, so just keep that in mind as we read some of these other accounts. He said, basically, my daughter is dead, but, but even though she's dead, come and lay hands upon her, and she shall live. Now, this ruler, we we saw in other in our other studies, our other ser, our other weeks, that uh, remember the centurion said, send your word, just send the word, just send the word. And, and my servant will be healed. But this uh, certain ruler didn't have faith for just the word to be sent. This ruler needed something tangible that he could put his hands on. And so he said, even though she's dead, if you'll lay your hand on her, she'll live. All right, so let's keep going. All right.
0: And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years... Came behind him and touched the hem of his garment.
1: Okay, so here Jesus is following the ruler. So it looks like, it looks like all we've got is Jesus, the ruler, and the twelve disciples. That's what it looks like according to what we read. And they're traveling, and then here comes this woman. And this woman has an issue of blood, uh, and she's been diseased for quite some time. And uh, she comes in from behind them and and touches the hem of his garment. There's a semicolon here, so let's find out what she says.
0: For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be made or I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour.
1: Now look at verse 21. Notice it said, she did what? She said. She said something. She said something. And if it's one thing that we know is that you can have what you say, Mark eleven twenty-three and 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall say, on, or I say, unto, you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, uh, be thy removed and cast in seed, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe that whatsoever they say, they shall have whatsoever they say. So she was working a principle she spoke out of her mouth. What, one of the keys to receiving healing is you've got to speak it out of your mouth. You've got to speak what you want and what you're believing for. And so she said... Um, you know, it, it says she said within herself. It wasn't she thought it in her head. She basically the implication here is she was talking she was speaking out loud to herself. She was speaking out loud to herself. And she said, If I may touch but the hem of his garment in other words she didn't even have to she didn't even have to come in to Flesh to flesh contact. She said, "If I could just get a hold of his coat, if I could get a hold of the hem of the uh, the hem of his robe, if I can just come in contact, physical contact with his clothing, then I shall be made whole." That word "whole" right there is the word "sozo," and that word "sozo" we know from past teachings that that word "sozo" means to be completely rescued of all disease and ailment. So it's, it's salvation. So that word sozo is the same word uh, that we see in Romans 10.10 10 that says, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you shall, shall be saved. That's that same word sozo. So, that, so what she was saying is, I'll be completely, everything that I have lost will be restored. And notice it said that she had an issue of blood. It says that she was diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years, which meant that she was hemorrhaging, losing an excessive amount of blood regularly for 12 years. So not only did she have the bleeding issue, but she had all of the issues that came with it. She probably had low oxygen levels. This was probably affecting her heart. This was probably affecting her mind and her vision. This was probably affecting her uh, her energy levels. Um, this was affecting every symptom in her, every system in her body, because she was at this point she had to be anemic. She had to be at this point, bleeding for 12 years, and and had to have all of the ailments of that. But so what she was saying was not only will the not only will the bleeding stop, but all of all of the other issues associated with it will uh, be healed and be restored. Everything's going to be restored. And then it says in verse twenty-two, and Jesus turned him about, and when he saw who, her, her. Now he didn't know who touched him. He said he said her when he saw her. Make a make a note of that because we'll see in the other accounts of this um, that it was odd that Matthew said her. He said, but Jesus turned uh, turned him about, and when he saw her. Which you would think, you would think because we don't understand, because from what Matthew told us, we think that it's Jesus, we think that it's the, that it's the young ruler, and then we think that it's the twelve disciples.
0: So, And she's the only stranger that hasn't been introduced yet, so it's right. got to be her, right?
1: Right. So so we can, we'll we say, well, that makes sense as to why he knew it was a her. But we've got to get our, our other... Um, uh, accounts of this to see some things. He said, "Daughter, be of good comfort." Uh he you know, and now he's telling her why to be of comfort. He said, "Thy faith has made thee sozo completely whole, completely well, saved and everything is is as you need it." And the woman was made whole or sozo. Or sozo, notice that, three times in two verses The word sozo, the word completely whole, completely well, is used. Um, That's not just a, oops, we didn't really mean to put all that in there. No, it was there for a purpose. And it says, made whole from that hour. In other words, the moment that she reached out and touched that hem of his garment, she was instantly made whole. Everything just, everything changed immediately. Now let's keep going to ver- let's read to verse 23 cuz we got to figure out what happens with the Centurion. No, wasn't a Centurion. I mean not the Centurion, the young <laughs> ruler. All right. Not the Centurion yeah, on the brain.
0: Yep, yeah, that's not that we're not doing that account tonight. <laughs> no. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, "Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth." And they laughed him to scorn. Now
1: remember, remember uh, when the ruler got to Jesus, remember he said, "My daughter is dead." Uh, but wait a minute, there's musicians there. Yes, because it was customary for them to to play sad melodies and songs and sorrowful things. Uh, so they were there doing that, and the people were. Ma- it says the people making a noise. How much do you know? The mother and the aunt and the granny and everybody else was boo-hooing and crying because they thought the girl was dead
0: and probably wailing.
1: Yes, wailing. <laughs> they said, "And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. They're, you know, um, and, and Jesus is not yet you know, this is still somewhat early, quite early in the ministry. They've heard of the work of Jesus, uh, but they don't really know him. Um, and here he comes in, and they're wailing and they're distressed, and he says
0: He basically says, "Get out."
1: Yeah, he says, and he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. The maid is not dead, but sleepeth. She's not dead, but she sleepeth. How much you know that caused their head to tilt? That they, caused their head to go, wait, what? They thought he was crazy. Right? So look at what happens to him. Yep.
0: They laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he, he sent him out of the room. He went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose.
1: So Jesus, so here Jesus goes in. The, the young ruler comes to him. Ruler comes to him. He says, my daughter's dead. Jesus is like, okay, there's, there's gonna, this is going to take a miracle. Uh, then on the way, another woman comes up and touches him, so power goes out of him. So then he gets in there, and, and they're all laughing at him. Making fun of him. As Christians, when people, when we tell people, Jesus can heal you, yeah, yeah, whatever, and people begin to laugh and mock, how much you know we tend to draw back? Did Jesus draw back? Nope. He didn't draw back. He was not fazed at the parents' unbelief. He was not fazed at the family member's unbelief. What he looked at is he looked at the ruler who came to him. He was looking to the ruler's belief. And he looked at the ruler, and he said, and, and he looked at them, and he wasn't moved. See, there there was a room. Listen, that room was full of aunts and uncles and grannies, and I mean, that room was full. And so, in this, even in the face of laughter, Jesus said, "Get out." He ca- he told he told him. He said, "Take your doubt and unbelief and get out, get out." And then he went about what he was doing. When you are believing for healing, if you've got people around you that are laughing at you because you're saying that Jesus is going to heal you, you need to get them out of your life. You know, and I'm not saying kick them to the curb permanently, but what I'm saying is, is if they are sucking the faith out of you, then you need to put some separation between you and them. You know, um, I've had to go in the hospital a couple of times for surgery and different things like that, and I don't, I'm, I'm not big on having people in my hospital room come to the hospital with me. Uh why? Because I don't want people in there of unbelief. I want people of belief. When you're sick, you don't want just anybody and everybody coming around you. So he put everybody out. So let's go look at this account. Well, let's look here. It says, um he took her by he took her he, he when the people went out, he took her by the hand and the maid arose. She got up. She got up doesn't tell us how she got up, but she got up. So let's go to Mark's account of this and get a little bit more um, information on the subject. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. In
0: verse 21.
1: I'll get there eventually. There's uh-huh. Mark 10. There's Mark 8. There's Mark 6. There's Mark 5. Verse 21. Amen.
0: All right. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship and to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the
1: sea. How many people were gathered unto him?
0: Many. Many.
1: Much. much. Many. Much. So it wasn't just that, and remember the word disciple means a student or a follower. So in Matthew's account, when it said, and his disciples followed him, it wasn't just the 12, it was many. Most of the time when you see this word much or many, what it means is a multitude. And a multitude could be anywhere from a few hundred to a few thousand. A few hundred to a few thousand. That shows a very different picture. Very different picture about what's occurring here. So let's keep going.
0: All right, 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the
1: synagogue. So now we know he's a ruler of the synagogue. So now we know this is a Jewish man.
0: He's a Jewish ruler.
1: This is a Jewish ruler. So now we know that that this man belongs to the chosen of God. He's part of covenant. He's part of, because remember, Jesus was still under old covenant law. So remember, this was a Jewish. So he was coming to Jesus um, as a Jew looking for Jesus To heal. So obviously this Jew believed that Jesus was the Messiah. This Jew believed.
0: So and behold there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue. Jairus by name. And when he saw him he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly saying. My little daughter lieth at the point of death.
1: Now the story changes a little bit. So now it looks like the Bible contradicts itself. Because now we're getting the detail that he didn't say, my daughter is dead. Here, uh, Mark records that he said, my daughter is at the point of death. But how much you know, in Matthew's account, he was giving the account from from the position of the emotional reality. The emotional reality in Matthew was, if something miraculous doesn't happen, my daughter is basically dead. That's what he was saying where uh, Mark gives us a little bit of detail and was saying, well, not all life was completely gone out of her just yet. Not all life was gone just yet, but she's right at the point where she, where, where she's going, her, her uh, spirit is going to leave her body. She's at the point of death. So what looks like a contradiction is really just more information. Yes. Um, how much do you know, uh, you know, you can... Um, I mean, I know I've had this situation, I mean, in my own family. So, well, so-and-so is dead. Well, what do you mean they're dead? Well, they're not technically dead yet, but they're going to be dead any minute now. You know, you you, you see the point? You see the difference there? It's just the way, it's just language terms.
0: And Jairus continues and says, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him. And thronged him. So okay. Much maybe
1: not hundreds a lot. But when
0: they're, they're thronging, that's a whole lot.
1: Yeah. There's hundreds to thousands. And hundreds of thousands are crowding around him and they're touching. There's touching. So there's lots and lots of people touching. But I did fail to point out this. Notice, um, Notice in verse 22 it says that he fell at his feet. We uh, understand that falling at his feet is worship. He wasn't begging and pleading. What he was doing was he was worshiping. And we know this because in Matthew's account, it said that he worshiped.
0: And, and, so he's
1: not begging and pleading. First, he's worshiping. And it's
0: even more significant because he's a ruler of the synagogue. Right. He, he's one of the religious elite. Yes. And, and, and he is bowing down his authority completely down. to Jesus.
1: Yes. Um. So so keep that in mind. A lot of times Dad Hagen used to say this. Dad Hagen would say this, he'd get he'd get you know, so he, when he was traveling on the road, he'd get a phone call or what have you that a family member was ill and needed prayer for healing. And he'd say, Okay, you know, let me take care of my business for the day and what have you and and uh I'll spend some time meditating on the word. Meditating on the word and uh And then I'll pray. What was he doing? He was taking the time to build his faith. And he said this. He said a lot of times he'd start meditating, which means muttering and speaking. In other words, he was talking to the Lord about the Lord's healing power, uh, which is a form of worship. And he said a lot of times he would, while he was meditating, the people would get healed. And he never even got to pray for them because he just had it in his spirit. Man, they've been healed. So a lot of times, so worship is critical to healing. The more if you will worship the Father that you're healed or worship that he is the healing, the prayer of praise and the prayer of worship will bring healing. So we can't discount the fact that here this ruler bowed down at Jesus' feet and was worshiping him. Because what is he doing? Number one, he's surrendering his will to the Father's will. And number two, he's using one of the most powerful prayer tools to get God's attention and to get God on the scene, and that's worship. So a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of times we rush to the Father, and we place demands, and we don't take the time to worship first. No, we always need to take the time to worship first. All
0: right. All right. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged
1: him. So here he is. Jairus. I mean, I know we're not getting far fast, but that's okay. Jairus is he he's he's desperate to get his daughter healed. He's desperate. She's at the point of death. In fact, she's so much at the point of death that some people consider her to already be dead. And here Jesus is, and Jesus is trying to walk with Jairus, and there's a multitude, hundreds to thousands, and they're all gathering around him and kind of maybe even pushing Jairus out of the way. Touching him. Touching him. Why are they touching him? Well, because the woman, like, the woman with the issue of blood said, if I can touch but the hem of his garden, garment. The problem is most of them were touching with a touch of curiosity. They were, it, Well, if I touch him, will anything happen? If I touch him, will anything happen? Well, if that's the way you're touching, reaching out to Jesus, nothing's going to happen. Let's keep going.
0: All right. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse.
1: This woman was not just dismissive about her physical ailment. This woman was seeking healing. And she'd been seeking healing for 12 years. And she had gone to all of the doctors. She had spent all of her money. How much do you know? Her faith to believe that she, was, that she could be healed was probably um, very limited. How much do you know? She had to overcome a lot of doubt and unbelief. Because for 12 years, the doctor said, well, let's try this. Well, that didn't work. There's no way I can help you. So she went to another doctor. Well, let's try this. Well, that didn't work. No, there's nothing I can help you. There's no way I can help you. She goes to another doctor. No, there's nothing I can do. She goes to another doctor for 12 years. Even if she only went to one doctor a year, that's still 12 rejections of, no, I can't help you. I mean, she you know, that's a lot of unbelief and doubt to overcome.
0: But So she was pretty desperate at this point. She was desperate. But at this point, she'd also heard about what Jesus had already been doing, like yes. healing leprosy. Yes. If he can heal leprosy, surely he can heal bleeding.
1: That's right. So the certain woman, a certain woman, um, had suffered many things, um, but she only grew worse and worse. Look at verse twenty-seven.
0: All right. And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment.
1: What did it say? It said, "When she heard, heard." In other words, like Michael said, she had heard, undoubtedly, she had heard that Jesus had healed the lepers. Undoubtedly, she had heard that he had healed the man with the palsy, the, the paralytic. Undoubtedly, she had heard that he, with just the word of his mouth, healed the centurion's servant. He, she had obviously heard that everywhere he went, they were taking sick people, and, they, and he was healing all that came. So she, had, so she was hearing and hearing and hearing, and that hearing brought faith. And so out of her faith, she, what did she do? It says, and when she heard, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now, this is a woman with an issue of blood, which means she's hemorrhaging from her body. There's blood leaving her body, which means that she's unclean. By Jewish law. By Jewish law. So under Jewish law, she's not allowed to be in the city because she's unclean. And she's definitely not allowed to be in the throng of people. She's in the multitude of people.
0: In fact, she's taking her life into her hands just by doing this.
1: That's right. And it says that she pushed through the multitude. She pushed through the crowd. Now, I tend to think this is my own particular... uh, particular version of this, I think in order to get to the hundreds and thousands, especially with the weakened state of her body, there's a good chance she was on her hands and knees working her way through this crowd to get to Jesus. Because A, she's weak. B, she doesn't want to be recognized uh, because they would have recognized her in the community and if she was recognized, they would have attempted to stone her or very least would have chased her off, and that would have been the end of her opportunity. But see, she had to do a faith action. She had to do her part. What was her part? Number one, she had to hear. Number two, she had to say. Number three, she had to take physical action to obtain the healing, which is what she did.
0: And, And we can infer from what we've read twice so far about this woman is, one, she was absolutely determined she was willing to take her own life into her hands. She was at wit's end. She, she was
1: She was, she was convinced. to the point of, this doesn't work. I have no other yeah, hope. She
0: was, she was convinced that Jesus could do this for her, yeah. and that all she had to do was get to him, yeah. and she would be healed.
1: Notice in verse 28 here, uh, Mark also records, For she said... For she said, now Mark wasn't there to hear her say it, but the Holy Ghost was. And Mark wrote this by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And undoubtedly, Mark heard her testimony. So he, but he made it a point of saying, for she said. A lot of times in order to obtain our healing, we need to start confessing. We need to meditate, which means to speak it out loud over and over again. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. I have been de- I have been delivered from 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 whatever your sickness is. I have been delivered from arthritis. I have been delivered from whatever your ailment is—tuberculosis or cancer or uh, um, hormonal imbalance. You've got to confess it. And so she was confessed. She spoke out and she said, "If I touch, if I may touch, but his." clothes, I shall be made. And again, here Marx uses the word sozo. Sozo. Again, she said, if I can touch him, I'm going to be completely whole. Completely well. In other words, she wasn't doubting uh, the Father God's ability to make her completely whole and completely well. Um, In fact, she was placing her faith in it.
0: Now, you'll notice that in Matthew, he said... For she said within herself, or in her head, basically. Right. And Mark said... Or at
1: least that's the kind of, what it the, sounds like, yeah. but that's not really and what And Mark said,
0: for she said, if I may but touch his clothes. Who knows? I mean, these are two different eyewitness accounts. Mark may have been standing closer to her and actually heard her say this. We
1: don't know. Or he could have heard the testimony and she could have said, I just kept saying, if I can touch but the hem of his clothes, I just kept saying. I just kept saying. I just kept saying. How much do you know? You can say within yourself, you can be completely alone, and, with, and and technically say within yourself, but out loud you're saying, if I can touch his clothes. See, if you're talking to yourself, you're speaking within yourself, but you've got to speak it out loud.
0: But they both agree on that she was saying, yeah. I will be made whole. Yeah. I will be made whole. I will be made whole. Yeah.
1: Verse let's keep reading verse 29 let's keep reading a little bit
0: And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague
1: Now notice she's hemorrhaging she can't she's not in a situation where she can check to see if the blood has stopped She's in the middle of of hundreds to thousands she can't check it But immediately she felt a shift or a change in the body You know so she's going by faith I imagine that when she received wholeness, all of a sudden her eyesight got a little better, because when you're when you're uh, when you have that type of issue with the blood, it affects your eyesight. I imagine she immediately felt strength come into her body. I imagine she probably felt like her heart kind of was settling and at peace. There were symptoms that she could look at and go, man, instantly things were. And notice she said she said this. She felt. She felt. In other words, there was a physical change. She felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. She there was a there was a knowing. There was a knowing on the inside that she was healed. A lot of times when you get hands laid on you, or you reach out and you touch Jesus when with the hand of faith. Though your body is talking to you and your body is going, um, I still have symptoms. You can have the knowing on the inside that God's taking care of it. And that's what she said. So this is kind of a twofold statement here. She could have instantly physically felt it, but she could have also physically had that. Just She could have just had that spiritual knowing that the plague was gone, that she's now been set free. All right, let's keep going.
0: And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes?
1: Now remember in Matthew's account, he, he, said, uh, he said her. Remember he said her? I believe that Jesus, I believe that the gift of seeing and knowing went into operation. I believe he had a word of, of knowledge that it was a, gr- that it was a woman because Matthew Matthew declares uh that she touched him. So I believe that he that he knew that it was a woman that touched him. And but notice what he said. So remember, he's got the multitude, he's got the thousand of people, they're they're kind of blocking his way, they're getting in front of him, behind him, beside him, and he's got all these people that are touching him. And all of a sudden he stops and he said who touched my clothes? Didn't say who touched my hand. Didn't say who touched my feet. He said, who touched my clothes? What did she say? If I can touch but the hem of his garment. He said, somebody touched my clothes. Check out what, you, check out what happens here.
0: And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee? And sayest thou, who touched me? Now, this
1: was the twelve disciples because they had, they had his hand. And they looked at Jesus and said, Jesus. They looked at him. They said, Jesus, there's hundreds of thousands of people touching you. I mean, we're doing everything we can to keep them off of you, but they're still touching you. And you asked who touched you? Like
0: They probably all did.
1: (laughs) They're like, "Uh, everybody's touching you. Like, everybody's touching you. But there was one touch that was different. And Jesus immediately recognized it. Most of the people were touching with the touch of curiosity. If you go to Jesus going, well, let me reach out and touch him, and maybe I'll be made whole. Let's see if this works. I'm going to tell you right now, you're wasting your time. You might as well go home. It's not going to work. They were touching with the touch of curiosity. But one woman, one person in the multitude, this is why you can go go to a service with thousands of people and only a handful will get healed. Because though there's thousands of people that are there that need a touch, only a handful will touch him with the touch of faith, will reach out with the touch of faith. See, healing requires somebody to operate in faith. It's God's will that every person be made whole. But God is a faith God. And so somebody has to believe. Somebody has to reach out with the touch of faith. And and so Jesus said, so, what Jesus was really saying was, all of these people are touching me with the touch of curiosity, but who touched me with the touch of faith? That's really what he was saying. Let's keep reading.
0: And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing.
1: There goes that her again. He's looking for her. He's looking for her. There's that word of knowledge. He knows it's a woman. He's looking. Who was it? Who was it? I believe he was looking with his spirit. I don't think he was looking with his physical eye. I think he was looking with his spiritual eye and said, Lord, it's a woman. Which one is it? And I believe he was scanning the crowd. He's scanning the crowd, and he's looking for the Holy Spirit to say, to point her out. That one. I'm telling you, from a ministerial standpoint, you can tell when people are receiving and when people aren't. You can tell when there's a pull on the anointing and where there's not. So I believe Jesus was scanning, and he was looking for the anointing. He was looking who was making that pull, who was making that draw. And he knew it was a woman. He knew that.
0: But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, and told him all the truth.
1: Does it say that Jesus pointed her out?
0: Nope.
1: It says that she knew. She knew she had come into contact with the power of God. She knew exactly what was done. And he, so he's standing there and he's looking. He said, he, here's the picture. He said, uh, who touched my clothes? And the disciples are all going, Jesus, have you lost your mind? What are you doing? And meantime, tell him he's not listening to them. He's looking. He's scanning and she knew when he when she said when he said who touched my clothes she knew she didn't she didn't she didn't yes she was full of fear and trembling out of reverence can you imagine if she just slinked off out of the crowd do you think she would have maintained her healing no she wouldn't have and she knew that there were people in the crowd that knew that she was a woman with issue of blood and wasn't allowed to be there but what did she do Despite that, it says that with fear and trembling, fear and trembling. In other words, she had come in contact with the awesome healing power of God. And she came and she fell down before him, which means she did what? She worshipped him and told him and told him the truth. So how did Matthew and Mark know what she said? Because she told him. She said, Jesus, I heard about you. She said, Jesus, I heard how you healed the leopard. Jesus, I heard how you healed the centurion's servant. Jesus, I heard how you healed Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus, I heard how you healed the the paralytic, even when they tore off the roof of your house. Jesus, I heard about how you healed every person that was brought. And I said... I I said to myself continually, I continually said, if I could touch but the hem of your garment, that I'd be made whole. I said if I could touch just the hem of your garment, I would be made whole. I just kept saying it to myself and in myself. I just kept saying it. And she said, and as I worked my way through the crowd, I used that to strengthen me, to get through this multitude of people. And I reached out, and I touched but the hem of your garment. And when I did, the power of God infused me. And I know, despite the fact that I haven't gone and physically checked, I know that the fountain of my blood has been dried up. I know that all of the effects of having this bleeding issue for 12 years is completely done. She testified right there on the spot. Now don't forget. Here's Dioris. Remember, the first time in, in Matthew, they said he's dead. She's dead. How much do you know? And then in this account, he said she was nearing death. How much do you know? He feels like time is ticking out. How much do you know? Right now, he feels like, oh, great, there went the power to heal my daughter.
0: But he just he just witnessed a miracle.
1: At the same time, he had he just witnessed heard a miracle.
0: he had heard of things happening. He had heard of Jesus healing but now he's seen it firsthand wow. and she, and he didn't even lay hands on her he she just touched him yep. just not even him but his clothes Yep. i mean how how much more proof do you need
1: so in one <laughs> hand he's being his faith is being built up his his faith is being built up but at the same time he's going uh hello she's dead clocks are ticking look what happens to poor Jairus here
0: and and so we're not quite done but we oh, keep going with the woman and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Again, that so word. Go in peace and be whole of thy
1: plague. What made her whole? Her, her faith. faith. Her faith. Her faith. Her faith.
0: Not, not
1: Jesus' faith. Her faith. Do you hear me? Her faith. How did she get in faith? Number one, she heard. Number two, she spoke. Number three, she acted. Her faith she heard she spoke she acted and he said daughter because you heard because you spoke because you acted you have been made whole go in peace and be whole look at that and 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 be whole he said you've been Molly. isn't that odd he said oh, he look at that one
0: more time. I circle he said
1: that. <laughs> he said your faith made thee whole go in peace and Be whole of thy plague. There's an indication here that not every symptom had yet gone away. He said, yes, your faith made you whole. But then he said, and be whole of the plague. In other words, he was forewarning her, there's going to be some symptoms, but you've got to stay in faith so that you can be completely whole of the plague. See, because when you receive divine healing, Satan is going to throw symptoms back at you. He's going to come back at you. He's going to try to get you back into fear, doubt, and unbelief. And you've got to not take the bait. You've got to say, so when, if, you, if you're dealing with, chronic, with a chronic illness and you feel the power of God go into you, well, then you know that you're whole. But when the symptoms pop up, you can't go, oh, well, I only thought it worked. No, Jesus was warning her. He said, "He said, your, your faith has made you whole, go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. In other words, if your body kind of flares up at you, stay in peace. And say, no, I've been made whole. No, nope, I've been made whole. You've got to stay in that place of faith. All right, let's keep going. Now, that
0: particular whole is a different word. Okay. So not so. The last one in there.
1: Okay, what one is
0: that? That one's uh, Huggies, or Huggies. Yeah, I'm not sure. Huggies. Uh, it says, uh, "Sound of a man who is in sound body to make one whole, restore him to health." Metaphorically, teaching which does not deviate from the truth.
1: In other words, he said, "Sozo, you've been healed. You've been made whole. Go in peace." And and continue to be restored. The restoring process takes time. The restoring process can take time. All right, let's keep going.
0: Okay, so, so remember, now we're back to J- Jairus. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, uh, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Okay. So Jairus now has a chance to have his... Faith tested, yeah. but as we'll see, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe.
1: Listen, now we know, not only did Jairus think she was at the line of death, but now they've got somebody coming from the house saying, she took her last breath, she's gone, she's out. Uh, how much do you know, you can lose all hope in that moment. In an instant of time, you can lose all hope. And Jesus immediately responded and said, do not fear. Only believe. Fear is a choice. And believing is a choice. Believing is a choice. Don't forget what faith means. Faith means to firmly place your trust in God. To firmly place your trust in God. Now, your head can give you problems. How is she? In that moment, Jairus' head was giving him problems. Because though he had just heard, just seen a miracle and heard the testimony, he, I guarantee you, the devil just, I guarantee you, I don't even have to be there to know. The, the devil whispered it in his ear and said, There with the power to heal your daughter. Guarantee it. Then, in fact, in fact, the power went so much that your daughter took the last breath while that woman was getting the miracle. He could have gotten in the place of bitterness and anger and resentment toward the woman with the issue of blood.
0: Because she held him up.
1: Because she held him up and she took his miracle. Because
0: it it had to have taken a few minutes at least for her to tell her story of what happened.
1: That's right. It wasn't
0: just boom and it's done. She had to have time to tell.
1: Right. Plus the multitude's been there slowing them down the whole time. But Jesus, notice what Jesus said immediately. When the devil came... Immediately, when the bad report came, when the devil comes with a bad report, immediately you need to hear the words of Jesus, don't be in fear, only believe. Immediately, Jairus said, immediately Jesus said to Jairus, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Choose to trust me. Choose to trust me. So when you're believing for healing, when you're working on getting that restoration, you've, had, you've come into the contact of the power of God, and you know that you know that you've been healed, but your symptoms are talking to you. Don't take the bait. Don't get into fear. Only believe. And honestly, you're going to have to talk to your symptoms. You're going to have to say, those are lying symptoms. I don't receive those. Those are lying symptoms. I don't receive those. I rebuke those in Jesus' name, and then you're going to have to get up and move by faith. You're going to have to get up and move by faith. Listen to me. The healed do not stay in the bed. The healed, do you hear me? The healed do not stay in the bed. Now, you don't get out of the bed and cause yourself more physical damage.
0: Right, if you just broke your foot.
1: You know, know, the doctor says, you know, unless Jesus is, you know, unless you know that you know that God said, no, it's good, walk on it. No, you get up and move by faith. Get up and move by faith. Get up and move. You've got to walk by faith. Let's keep going here.
0: All right. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Notice
1: so, he didn't let Timothy, uh, Thomas go in the room with him.
0: Yeah, the Doubting Thomas. They
1: didn't, he didn't let and, Thomas go and, in. And they,
0: they left the throng behind at this point. That's right. This is because Jesus knows at this point this is not just a simple healing. That's right. This is something new.
1: But, God, but, but Jesus knew Peter's faith. Jesus knew that Peter would walk on the water. He knew that James and John would be right there with him. Remember? He knew that they had the faith to go up upon the mountain of transfiguration. He knew their faith. He knew they had faith in him. He knew. He knew. So he allowed the ones that he knew had faith to go with him. Let's keep going.
0: And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly.
1: Now we get an idea of the level of noise going on in the house. They're weeping and they're wailing. How much you know wailing is is far beyond weeping? Wailing is ear-piercing, oh, agony. Wailing is my everything about my world has come to an end. How much do you know that was another opportunity for Jairus to get into doubt and to get into fear? But keep going.
0: And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. And when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Teleitatha kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat.
1: Notice this is twice that Jesus, it was recorded that Jesus said she's not dead, she sleepeth. She's not dead, she sleepeth. He's trying to get something over to us. Let's go look at this account In and all he did is he took her by the hand and he spoke to her and he said arise and straight up she arose. Straight up, she got up. What did Jesus do in the tomb? He arose. He arose. He came to life. So basically, he told her, basically what he said is come to life. Now let's go look at this account in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Luke's been, Luke's been so good to us. Every time we've looked at one of these in Luke's account, Luke gives us a little bit more detail. Uh, so let's see if Luke... Uh, Explains anything else to us. Uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse 40.
0: And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And
1: He got out of the boat. There's a multitude waiting on him. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: And behold, there came a man, Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house.
1: So the only thing new that we see here is that they were, he got out of the boat and they were all, the, the multitude was waiting for him. How much do you know if you see a crowd of people, you'll go over there out of curiosity? We all waiting on them. This, this really points to it was a multitude, hundreds to thousands of people. Let's keep going.
0: For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But he went, but as he went, the people thronged him.
1: Notice that this is Jairus' only daughter, only daughter. You know how much you know. This is the this is the father's heart. This is his only daughter. He's he's very distraught. He's very upset. And it says that she lay a dying. That means whatever the sickness is, the sickness is in the process of taking her out. She lay a dying. In other words, so when so when he when Matthew recorded it as my daughter is dead. How much you know? He wasn't lying. The death process was well on its way. Let's keep going.
0: All right. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched.
1: Notice it said that she had gone to many physicians and none of them could heal her. In other words, she went to every doctor in the region. Every doctor in the region. She had no no hope left. And uh, notice that, that it says that she came behind him and touched the border of the garment. That means that she had, so we knew that there was a crowd around him, but this tells us that she had to push through. She had to go through the crowd. So she wasn't, She was, you know, I believe that while they were all at the shoreside, at the, at, the at the seaside waiting, I believe she was off at a distance because she didn't want to get stoned before he arrived. So he, she came in from behind. She had some ground to make up. Sometimes we've got some ground to make up when it comes to building our faith. Keep going.
0: And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throngs thee and press thee, and sayest thou, who touched me?
1: Check check that out. He said, who touched me? And everybody went, not me. Everybody went, not me. He said, when all denied. What do you mean? I, I didn't touch you. I didn't touch you. Can you imagine that? I didn't touch you. Isn't that crazy?
0: And Jesus said, somebody has touched me. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me.
1: That word virtue means power. He said, I perceive power went out of me. Now listen, that, that shows, again, this shows that this took some time. Because he stopped moving, he stopped progressing towards Jairus' house, he stopped and said, who touched me? And they took enough time for everybody to go, wasn't me, wasn't me, wasn't me. I think, of the, I think of the little kids on the school ground, you know, when some little kid gets in trouble. And they're like, who hey, did this? And all the kids are like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. And you know, one of them did it. You've got the broken window. Somebody did it. It wasn't me, it wasn't me. Uh, how much you know they're all going, it wasn't me. So it took some more time. And Jesus flat looked at him and said, y'all are not being truthful. Because somebody touched me, and power to heal went out of me. He said, I, I sensed it. I sensed that power went out of me. That mountain-moving, deutermous power went out of me. So let's keep reading.
0: And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and, fell, and fa- falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately.
1: In other words, somebody all of a sudden recognized her. All of a sudden, somebody recognized her. All of a sudden, there was a commotion. All of a sudden, they were going, what are you doing here? And she was like, oh, oh. So so that was more delay. Keep going.
0: And he said unto her, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Glory to God. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole.
1: She shall be made whole. He said, listen, he said, if you won't lose faith, if you won't lose faith, No matter how your symptoms are talking to you, if you won't lose faith, you will be made whole. Let's keep going to verse 51.
0: And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed, bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. So at this point, it looks like the mother and the father were both in fear that the daughter was gone.
1: Or at least the mother was wailing. At least the mother was wailing. Remember, he had already told Jairus not to get in fear. He had already told him not to get in fear. But he's looking at the circumstances. I imagine looking at the circumstances, there were probably tears in his eyes. He's doing everything he can to say in faith, but how much do you know? That pressure valve probably was trying to go off. He was probably fighting back the tears. But And everybody's laughing him to scorn. Let's keep going.
0: And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. Well,
1: here it goes again. She's not dead, but sleepeth.
0: And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. Now, I'm... Thinking he's thinking talk, they're talking about they're the people outside the because the mother and father are not going to be laughing at this point.
1: No. I don't no.
0: care what's going
1: on. No. This is everybody else.
0: And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat.
1: Notice. It says, this time, here Luke is with more information. He said, remember I said, in every one of these accounts, they keep recording, uh, she's not dead, but sleepeth. She's not dead, but sleepeth. And here, uh, Luke records um, that her spirit came again into her. Jesus makes a very strong, he makes, a very, he makes it very clear that even when the spirit leaves the body, they're not dead. See, he's he's telling them he's giving us an indication what that that death. This is why I said I don't like that word death, especially when you're talking about Christians. And remember, she's a she's a child. She's tw- She's of the age of twelve, which means she's not re- more than likely not reached the age of accountability. More than likely, so her spirit would have been alive unto God. And he basically what he was saying is she has not. Her, She has not ceased to exist. Yes, her physical body has stopped. Yes, her spirit has left her body. But we, when we think of the word dead, we think that person exists no longer. And Jesus said, she's not dead. She still very much so exists. Your daughter is still very much so um, a, a, a reality. She's not just gone. He said this. He said she's simply Sleeping, in other words, her physical body has stopped to has stopped functioning, but your daughter is still very much so alive. It's just the physical body that sleeps, and and so uh, so they were what they were doing is they were looking at her body who had no life in it, and they were wailing because they were thinking that she was completely gone, and he said no she's not gone. She's just out of her body. She's up there with her father. And so she went back to, so, she, so he went to this girl, and he said, arise. Basically, what he did is he commanded her spirit, the real her, back into her physical body. This is him raised, this is the first time he raises somebody from the dead. This is the, we tend to think that Lazarus is the first one he raised. No, he raised this girl from the dead. He said, he said, no, she's just sleeping. How much do you know when somebody leaves their physical body in this world they're not dead their their physical body is asleep, their physical body has what we called stopped working, but their the real them, the eternal them if their spirit's alive onto god they're gone they go to heaven now if their spirit's not alive onto God, sadly they don't stop to exi- they, don't, they don't stop existing they don 't just just stop. They descend into heaven, and they're spiritually dead from the Father, and they're physically dead from this earth. So that would be uh, we would call that dead. But they'll let you know they still they're still encountering life. They're just encountering an everlasting life that we prefer not to encounter. Uh, So so here Jesus actually raised this young lady from the dead. Is what is the way we would say it. How about that? But here was the deal. Jesus could not have raised the daughter if Jairus had gotten into fear, doubt, and unbelief. Jesus needed somebody to work with him on the faith level. So even if somebody, you, a loved one that you love, even if they leave their physical body, there is a chance that God can raise them. There is a chance that God can raise them. Under the right circumstances. Now, you can't just go raise anybody from the dead because you don't know what spiritual laws have been put in place. And so you need the Father God uh, to tell you if it's acceptable or not. But uh, Jesus has raised people from the dead. Uh, Other ministers have raised people from the dead. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth has raised raised people from the dead. Uh, Many other ministers have raised people from the dead. I have not had that experience at this point, but if God said go raise him, I'd go raise him. But I'm not going to go raise him without a word. Your know, brother Randy tried to do that one time. He tried he had a dear friend that he tried that he just he was like, "No. They're not I'm I'm not letting him go." And he actually went down to the hospital and they'd already taken him to the morgue and he got permission uh from from the gentleman in the morgue to to pray over him and the doctor said, "Uh Fred is gone." He said, listen, he, said, he, he, he told him the, 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 do, the doctor down there in the morgue said, um, your friend Fred is gone. Your prayers aren't effective for him. You need to go pray for the family. He said, well, I respectfully understand that, and I agree with that. He said, but if you don't mind, I'd just like a few minutes with Fred. So the doctor said, well, I'll give you you know so much time with Fred, and I'll be back. It, was, it wasn't long. It was five or ten minutes. I don't recall which. And uh, Brother Randy got in there, and Brother Randy's not a small feller. Brother Randy got in there, but apparently Fred was a little bigger. Of course, this was shortly after Brother Randy had gotten out of prison, so he was, though he was tall, he he didn't weigh much. Uh, but uh, he got in there and grabbed old Fred by the bib overalls, 'cause that's all he wore. And he grabbed Fred by the bib overalls and and dragged him up and threw him down and said, "Rise in Jesus' name!" And guess what Fred did?
0: He laid. He there. laid
1: there. And he grabbed him by the bib overalls a couple more times and slammed him down and said, "Arise in Jesus' name!" And guess what? Fred just laid there. Fred's still laying. <laughs> Why? Because the anointing was not there. The faith was not there. The, the the resurrection power of Christ was not available in that moment. But in this moment, it was.
0: I remember. Uh, I, I, I I imagine. That Brother Randy had some doubt in his heart. Yeah. Because you remember Jesus, all he did was grab the, the girl's hand and said, arise,
1: daughter. Right.
0: And she did. He had complete faith that she was going to get up.
1: That's right.
0: Brother Randy's trying to shake him awake. Yeah. And Lincoln, he's not exactly relying on yeah. faith. He was
1: relying, <laughs> he was relying on emotion because he didn't have that spiritual unction. But Jesus had this spiritual authority to raise. And we have it when God gives it to us. But notice um, healing came because of faith. Jairus had faith. The woman with the issue of blood had faith. Can't wait to get to heaven and find out what her name is because I seriously doubt she's going through all of eternity. You know, the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she has a name. <laughs> we'll find out what that is. Well, praise the Lord. We'll get, uh, if you've got a tithe or an offering, we'll give you an opportunity to sow that. I'll have to do mine. months in the back. I forgot to grab it. And uh, praise the Lord, glory to God. You want to yes. pray?
0: Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for, for building our faith on healing and, and putting our, our faith in you and showing us vividly and in and, and detail just how these miraculous things occurred. And, and so that we, the more we see them, the better we see them, the better we can imagine them, the more faith we can have. And, Lord, we just thank you for building our faith and for helping us to see your miraculous power and know that it is available to us. Lord, we just thank you for that. We know that, that as you build this strength in us, as you build this faith in us, that we will ha- eventually have need of this and that we will, because of this preparation, be able to use that. And we thank, thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. And, Lord,
0: we just uh, we thank you for for. All that you've done for us and all the abilities that you've given us and that you've made available to us, Lord. And we just follow you and we, we worship you and we honor you. And we want to give into your kingdom because we want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we give with a joyous heart and a glad heart because we know that without you, we could do nothing. Without you, we are nothing. And we thank you, Lord, for making us into something. And we thank you, Lord jesus name
1: thank you father amen and amen father we put in an offering by faith i've got mine in the back lord you can serve the people glory to god if you've got a tithe or an offering you're welcome to sow it and if not that's fine